I remember one time when the Lord Jesus Christ says, strengthening at the knots and swallowing up a camel. <laughs> yeah. This is my first time to see the knots. Yeah, here in America. So, thank you so much, Brother Jonathan. And good evening to you all. It is nice to be here with you tonight. So, I think uh, I would like to read a passage from the book of Acts. Acts chapter 11. So, just forgive me for my English. Because I started to preach in English last June 1. Yeah. <laughs> I speak Tagalog every Sunday and also every Wednesday. But I read English Bible. Most of the Filipino there, uh, they understand only, they understand English. But it's hard for them to speak in English. Because every time we commit one mistake, they laugh at you. But here, even though I, I, we, I commit any mistakes, you don't love. Yeah. I'm thankful. Uh, now, it's good news for you because I speak only. My English is only, will last for 10 minutes. <laughs> After that, low but I need to recharge. <laughs> but I thank God because He allowed me to stand before you and to speak for His glory. May we come to the Lord in prayer. Let's bow our heads. Shall we come to the Lord in prayer? Our eternal and loving, gracious Father, tonight we come to Thy presence seeking for mercy, begging Your grace tonight. Lord, I'm not worthy to preach Thy word. Lord, I implore You, Please tonight be with us and we don't know anything about our Lord Jesus Christ and His grace unless the Holy Spirit will guide us and protect us, Lord. Lord, please uh, may you give us a spirit of understanding because we, we love you so much, Lord. We want to hear your message tonight about grace. This we ask in the most precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Chapter 11, verse 22 of the book of Acts. Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem. And then sent forth Barnabas, that he should go as far as Antioch, who, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad, and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost, and obeyed, and, and much people was added unto the Lord. The book of Acts, brethren, in the New Testament tells the story about how the Lord's church spread like a wildfire. From Jerusalem, 
where Jesus died and rose from the dead to Samaria, to Syria, to Greece, to Rome, and beyond. So this evening, I read a part of the story that described another decisive steps in the spread of the Lord's Church. Now, in chapter 11, verse 19, following, we track the Lord's Church all the way north along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea to the chief city of Syria and Antioch. Now, those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to none except Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Greek also, preaching the Lord Jesus Christ. And the hand of the Lord was with them, a great number that believed turned to the Lord. Tidings of these things came into the ear of the church which was in Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas to Antioch, who, when he came and seen the grace of God, was glad, and exhorted them all that with the purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord as much as people was added unto the Lord. So the sentence I want us to focus tonight is in verse 23. Who, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad. Now, brethren, how did God's grace become visible in Antioch, the Lord's church? How the grace of God how did God's grace become visible in Antioch Church? What I would love to see happen because of this service this evening is for everybody here to be able to say, I saw the grace of God and I am glad. Amen. So my question for this passage of scripture is how did the grace of God become visible in Antioch church Barnabas saw the grace of God and he was glad so my question for this passage is about the visibility of God's grace it was visible and I think the grace of God becomes visible today in our lives the same way it did then in Antioch. So I want to ask this text, how did the grace of God become visible in Antioch? So the answer is, the grace of God became visible when in turns persecution into preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Hello? Are you still there? Ah, thank you. When Barnabas saw that the persecution in Jerusalem had produced preaching in Antioch and that many people had turned to the Lord Jesus Christ, what he saw 
was the grace of God. God's grace become visible when He turned persecution, when He turns problems, when He turns trials into the preaching of His gospel. So, in verse 29, now, verse 19 of chapter 11, now those who were scattered because of the persecution that across even over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch in verse 20. There were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke the Greek also preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, brethren, the suffering, our suffering, The grace of God uses our suffering today. In other words, the good news about Jesus Christ came to Antioch because of persecution. Barnabas saw this and called it the grace of God and it made him glad. So God's grace became visible when it makes the anguish of persecution a means of spreading the gospel of the grace of God. If anything is clear from the Bible is this, as long as there is a suffering, as long as there is a persecution, there is the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The grace of God does not spare His people from suffering in this age. Amen? but rather uses suffering to bring His people to Himself. So the Son of God Himself suffered to save His people from their sin. And now He turns suffering again and again for our good, both in this age and the age to come. And we know all things that work together for good to them who are love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Romans 8 chapter, uh, Romans chapter 8 verse 28. Most of the theologians, theologians arguing about this. Uh, they said, uh, Romans 8.20 talks about the five acts of God. For knowledge, predestination, called justified and glorified. Some of them say, uh, it included persecution. Right, amen. How can we understand that? Even though we didn't consult any commentary on that. One time, I heard one One man is praying beside to the pulpit and he said, he kneeled down. He said, Lord, Lord, I hate baking flour. I hate baking flour. He said again in his prayer, Lord, I hate flour. I hate more. And he said again, Lord, I hate shortenings. I hate shortening. And he prayed again, Lord, I hate salt. I hate salt. And then this man, when he got up his head, He smiled, Lord, if these things, if you stir them up and put that in the oven, I like biscuits. 
And that is Romans 8.28. All things work together for good to them that love God. If you if you interpret God's providence by pieces, oh, you will not like it. You will show Him tearing your plans. Every time you plan, you fail. But if all these things, you will see and you will like the result. You will say, Lord, I like biscuit. I like all things, persecution, famine, sickness, everything works together for my good. Amen? Amen. You like biscuits. <laughs> so God's grace, even God's grace, I saw the grace of God even among Americans. God has been showing His grace in our own time in the same way He did in the book of Acts. But the grace of God was just beginning to be visible. In other words, the grace of God was at work in all this. God hasn't changed. This is the same grace of God that used persecution to get good news from Jerusalem to Antioch Gentiles. The grace of God works the same way in the lives of many Filipinos in the Philippines, in India, in Africa, Siberia, and Russia, and individual as well. Suffering becomes our stepping stone to God. Amen? That's how grace becomes visible. I want to bear testimony that it has been true in my own life as well. Before I joined in the Primitive Baptist, I was a missionary landmark Baptist. I was baptized six times. I was raised and born as Catholic. And since 1981, the Lord uh, touched my heart. I got saved or I was converted last 1981. And that time, I need to join to church. So I was joined in evangelical church. My pastor there, he baptized me when I joined in their church. Then after three years, I became a deacon and assistant pastor of my pastor. Then when I read in the books of in the book of Matthew chapter three verse one, in those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea. So I, I noticed that Christ forerunner was called by his father the Baptist. And I wonder, the Bible tells me that. This is he which was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah in the book of Isaiah chapter 40. Now I noticed that the Lord's church was called by his father, the Baptist. It was first. It is genuine. In other words, it was primitive Baptist. 
Hello. So, now, I, when I talk to my pastor, pastor, is there any Baptist here in our place? Yeah, there is one. It is International Baptist. I would, I would like to, I would like your blessing, pastor. I want to join in a Baptist. He said, go, Conrado. You have my blessing. And my pastor asked me about, why do you want to join in a Baptist church? I told him, Pastor, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, was baptized by the Baptist preacher. We need to follow his step. I want to join in Baptist. I joined them. Then he, they, they baptized me. That was my second baptism. Then I asked the pastor about what is our distinctive? What is our distinction? He said, well, we as Baptists, we believe that the word of God, that the Bible is a word of God. We believe that also when I was in evangelical church. What's our difference? He said, we believe in the deity of Jesus Christ. We believe that also. Sir, what is our distinctive as Baptists? He didn't answer. I was so sad. Then I joined the Southern Baptist. Then they, he baptized me again. Then he didn't. They, they, talk, they don't know why we are Baptists. And my friend talked to me, All right, uh, Colorado, you must join the Bible Baptist. They are the one who will explain to you all. Then I joined to Bible Baptist. You know what? Hmm. They rebaptized me again. That was my four times. Then he said, the pastor said, you, Pastor Quinto, I think you need to go to our Bible school if you have some question. Then I enrolled to the Bible school of the Bible Baptist in the Philippines. When I enrolled there, I asked my professor about what is our distinctive. I want to know. They can explain. Then I started reading books in our library. I gathered all the Baptist books. That was my first time to read about the primitive Baptist. And I asked my professor, do the primitive Baptists exist in our days? Oh, no. We have, there's no primitive Baptist now. Really? Yes, sir. So I stopped looking at the primitive Baptist. I need to study about the Baptist history. Then one of my friends said, Oh, there is one denomination that will explain to you about Baptist and the doctrine. They do believe in the doctrine of grace, doctrine of election. You must join in a landmark missionary Baptist. What they did is, they rebaptized me again. So that's so sad. Then I joined to them. Then you know, I like their doctrines. They are good. I like their presentation of Baptist history. I tell to my wife, this is it. This is our last baptism. This is it. 
We found the true church. Yeah, this is it. My wife said, are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Let's see. <laughs> then, we enjoy in Landmark Missionary Baptist. But one time, my friend said, there is a primitive Baptist minister will come. He will visit us. What? You, you, you mean there is a primitive Baptist? Uh, you mean the primitive Baptist is existing? Oh, yes. What? He came from America. I like that. Please invite him. I want to hear him preach. Then he came in our church wearing boots like this. <laughs> like that. Hello, brother Kinto. Is this primitive Baptist? I'm elder. I will not mention his name. I'm elder. What do you want me to preach? I like you to preach about Holy Spirit immediate regeneration. Yeah, I like that. So he started preaching. Bold. Uh, he act like that. Wow, oh, this is it. I like it. I when when he finished his sermon. I embrace him. Congratulations, sir. We have the same doctrine. Oh, no, 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 brother Kinto. We have a different doctrine. No, we believe that. No, Landmark Baptist didn't believe that. What? Yeah. When missionary heard that I was inviting a primitive Baptist, he got jealous. Preacher's jealousy. He came immediately in our church and said, and he said, Brother Quinto, why do you invite primitive Baptist preacher here? Sir, I am organized church. We have power. We have an authority to invite as a church. We agreed that we will invite primitive Baptist preacher here. What's your problem? Oh, Brother Quinto, the, the primitive Baptist church in America, they are dying church. They have one service every Sunday only. I told, I told him, no, I, I don't know that, sir. I don't, I don't care if they have many services or that. What I want to know is, they preach true gospel. Ah, Brother Quinto, if you visit them in America, no, not good. They are hard shell. And about us, sir, what? We are soft shell? No, 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 no. They are hard shell. They are anti-nomianism. They are straight jacket. I don't know about that, sir. Ah, uh, Brother Conrado, you are a primitive Baptist. No, sir. I am a landmark Baptist. No, you are a primitive Baptist. No, sir. 
I am a landmark Baptist. He said, you sound like a primitive Baptist. No, sir, I am a landmark Baptist. You know what? That was Wednesday night, and he came back on Sunday. He said, Brother Conrado, can I preach? We say, yeah, you're our missionary. You can go ahead. And he preached and he started uh, beating the Holy Spirit regeneration. Immediate Holy Spirit regeneration started giving some verse like, I started wagging my head. Oh, this is not true. This is not true. Then you know what? After he preached, he came down and shook my hand. Are you agree with what I preached? No, sir. What? Didn't you believe that the Bible is a means of God in, all, in order to regenerate sinners? <clears throat> Don't you believe that the Bible used by God as instrument to be to born again a dead in sin and trespasses I don't believe that sir I'm very sorry I do believe Holy Spirit immediate regeneration immediate Holy Spirit regeneration oh you're a primitive Baptist no sir I am a landmark Baptist okay brother Kito last thing I will show you one verse from the scripture. Go ahead, sir. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. For I am not ashamed to preach the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation. Do you believe that, Brother Quinto? Yes, sir. Oh, you believe now that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation? Yes, sir. Ah, thank you, Brother. Wait a minute, sir. Just continue reading. To them that believe it. He is already a believer. That's the reason why the gospel has a power. To them that believe it. He is already a believer. He said, Oh, you're a primitive Baptist. Oh, no, sir, I'm a Lambert Baptist. Then he stand up in the pulpit and he declared non-fellowship with our church. That is so sad. Declaring non-fellowship with your own church. He act like a bishop. Our church was aggravated. Our church is devastated that time. And also my heart was broken. We're crying that time. And our members started going out, going home. And we are sad. I said, sir, it seems to me that you destroyed this church. So, me and Sister Rolanda go away. And he was stay there in our church no one is talking to him that time our offering every Sunday because we are devastated most of our members didn't attend 
Our offering that Sunday, every Sunday, is only $2 a week. My son asked me about, Daddy, how can we survive in that kind of offering? Well, my son, God will provide. God knew all these things. Let us move on. Let us continue. After four weeks, they are started, they are started attending again. And we have a great crowds and we have a great meeting. And they said, my deacon said, Brother Conrado, if they will charge us that we are primitive Baptists, if they say that we are primitive Baptists, why don't we join in the primitive Baptists? They are our family. Family. Oh, yes, sir, you hit the nail on his head. Why not? And I started giving a call to that elder. He said, Elder, oh, hey, Brother Conrado. This is how he, he approached me. Hey, Brother Conrado. Yes, sir. Sir, would you like to baptize us? Would you like it? to baptize us. Yeah, I'm coming. He's here in America and then he fly immediately to the Philippines. That time, he baptized more than 70 persons. That time. You know what? On the first baptism, upon the profession of your faith, brother, to the Lord Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried to him, raise him again. Then he always pronounced the formula. But after 10, brother, I baptize you. <laughs> no formula. <laughs> I baptize you in the name of Christ. So there was a great cry in that time. He found the true baptism. It was six times. Now, when, I, when this when I visited here and I talked to one elder, ah, oh, Pastor Quinto, the one who, the one that baptized you believe in conditional time salvation. Mm-hmm. Your baptism is not good. What? I was shocked. You need to be baptized. What? Oh. I was shocked. When I asked some of the elder, they said, you don't need your baptism is enough. You don't need to be rebaptized. Ah, thank God. I thought it was a perfect number. Seven times. <laughs> 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 so, brethren, that is my experience. We experience persecution. We experience famine. We experience a lot of pain in the ministry. A lot of crying in order for us to come to the true doctrine of Jesus Christ. So, beloved brethren, but do you know what the grace of God was doing in those awful days? I now see, and now I see all the suffering and all the embarrassment 
and all the humiliation and all the loneliness and all the crying out to God as a sheer gift. My standing in this pulpit today, tonight, as the visibility of His grace. I have seen the grace of God and I am glad. I think the grace of God took every day's pain. I think the grace of God took every great trials. And I think the grace of God took every great perplexities. And I think the grace of God took every great obstacle. I think the grace of God took every defeat. I think the grace of God took every hindrances. hindrances and He used it for my good and yours. What is the difference? What a difference if the God of all grace will not help me in this kind and precious doctrine about His grace. If my brethren in America did not offer a prayer for us in the Philippines and did not teach us and not bring and that and not brings this gospel of the grace of God. If some elders is not there in times of our trials and in times of our temptation, we will not remain in the ministry. As long as we saw American brethren, as long as we saw the American elder still continue in the ministry in spite of many trials, in spite of many temptations, in spite of many difficulties and problems, we saw the grace of God and we are glad. Amen. This is the visibility of God's grace. So I testify to all of you this evening, I have seen the grace of God in an American elders. I have seen the grace of God in you. I have seen the grace of God in Philippine brethren. I have seen the grace of God in my in my life and I am glad he takes what seems to be the worst of circumstances and turns them into good news. He did it with the persecuted suffering uh, brethren in the book of Acts. He did it for the American brethren. He did it for the Indian, Indian brethren. He did it for the Russian brethren. He did it for the Siberian brethren. He did it for the Filipino brethren. He did this to their country, to other country. He did it for me. And he still is, he can do it for you, beloved brethren, no matter what you are going through these days. Brethren, please don't give up. Don't give up, preacher. Please don't give up, deacon. And don't give up, church members. I don't mean that everything will be easy. I mean everything will have meaning. Everything will be bearable. Everything will make you wiser and more loving. Everything will draw you nearer to God. This is how the grace of God will become visible in your life. And God will do it by His grace. So I want to close this plea that Barnabas gave to the church in Antioch. I say, it says, 
who, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart, that is to remain faithfully, they would stay unto the Lord. Brethren, this is my plea to you tonight. Trust the grace of God. Don't put your trust in yourself. Don't put your trust in your money. Don't put your trust in the government. Don't put your trust in your church. Don't put your trust in your job. Put your trust in the grace of God. And then hang in there. Don't let anybody trick you of the greatest gift in the world, living in the joy and the power of the grace of God. Brethren, tonight, does this message of the grace of God comes to you with joy? Have you seen the grace of God in your life? Have you received the grace of God in your life? If so, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and of the Lord Jesus Christ and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless us all.